0: Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio, and now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright.
1: Hello, and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright. It is an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, when I know that you could be doing a lot of other things, and so I thank you so much for that. And uh, we're going to have a really terrific show. It's going to be fun. It's going to be informative. It's going to be amazing. Uh, But what I'd like to do first toward the beginning of the show is to share some things I've been learning and think about, and I typically uh, do this every single week. I was preparing for the show last night, and I was just about done when my computer crashed. I had the blue screen of death. It was not a fun moment, as I'm sure you can imagine. If you've ever had that happen to you, that moment of panic sets in, and you think, oh, no, what now? And when I tried logging back on, I couldn't. I I could not get back on. And I thought, wow, I just lost all of my show notes because they're on my desktop. It was Sunday night. The library was closed. I had nothing to go with. And so after a couple of moments of just thinking about what my options were, I decided to put pen to paper and just reconstruct all of the questions. I don't know if I got all of them, but I added a few more. And I think, in some respects, this show is going to be even better than it normally would be because I had a chance to think again. And sometimes when you have a chance to do something a second time, doesn't it usually turn out better than the first? A lot of times it does. And so, as Napoleon Hill says, with every adversity, there's a seed of of greater opportunity available, and that's the attitude that I choose to have. And so when you do face your adversity this week, just think that there's a seed of something greater. Tony Robbins is very fond of asking himself and others, what's great about this? It's an interesting question, and it's a champion's question. It's a question that only top achievers really bother asking themselves. What's great about this? Ask yourself that, and you might be amazed at some of the answers you come up with. With all this in mind, I'd like to introduce my very special guest. He's a returning guest, and his name is Shannon Graham, coach and visionary entrepreneur extraordinaire. I'm so excited to bring him on the show. Let me tell you a little bit about him first. For more than 10 years, motivational speaker, self-help author, and success mentor Shannon Graham has helped countless individuals and businesses reach their goals, through a wide range of effective, life-changing strategies. Shannon invests his work with an unwavering dedication to the success of his students in various facets of their lives and careers. Recognized across the globe as a premier motivational speaker and leader in the self-help and coaching industry, Shannon has developed a number of transformative coaching programs to tackle the hurdles of life and business. Some of his more recent innovations include the Ultimate Lifestyle Intensive, which is a highly popular weekend mentor coaching program that has coaches skyrocket their personal and professional success, as well as another program called Legacy. This is Shannon's intensive one-on-one program for visionary entrepreneurs, which combines one-on-one coaching with a powerful mastermind. We will discuss this and so much more on today's show. And with that in mind, let me bring on my very special guest, Shannon Graham. Shannon, how are you today?
2: Hey, Brian, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm fantastic. It's really great to have you back again. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's an honor to be here. Thank you.
1: Awesome. So, uh, what I normally like to do at the beginning of the show is to ask people to talk a little bit about their background, their backstory, what they've overcome and learned, and how they rose like a phoenix from the ashes. And your story in particular is really fascinating and inspirational, so I'd love for you to tell us about that.
2: Sure. Um, well, you know, I, um, I was born in a small town in Vermont, uh, with about 2,000 people. And I have always been fascinated with people. Now, I've always been fascinated with what's the difference between someone who achieves and succeeds at a high level and someone who doesn't. And, you know, what I found was that all of the typical things that most people think we need to be successful We're not the major qualities of successful people. Um, what I found was that successful people can be anybody as long as they have these certain um, mentalities, really, mindsets, for the most part. And I think what fascinated me more than the difference between successful people and unsuccessful people was the ability to bridge the gap. How do you take somebody who is unsuccessful or maybe kind of mediocre and transition them and transform them up to a high level of success, whatever that means for them. And that's what, that's really what became the focus of, of my, uh, my mania, I suppose. And, um, so I had, I just had this fascination with people and, you know, back, this was, this was, I really started getting interested in people when I was maybe in my early teens and coaching as a career didn't really exist back then, so there was a little bit of a there's a little bit of a waiting period for me to really hit my stride as far as a career but as far as my purpose and my passion, that was always very clear
1: Wow that's really fantastic. And I know that there's a very interesting story that goes along with it. I mean, you you had a passion to help people, but you found yourself in some pretty dire circumstances when you were pretty young, I mean, late, later than your teens. But tell us about that, because you, you took a low moment and made something really fantastic happen out of it.
2: Yeah. So I I moved to New York City Um, from Vermont. And I moved to New York City because I was so inspired by people that I wanted to move to a place where there was an abundance of people. And New York City was certainly, uh, there was no lack of people there. Right. And it was perfect. In a lot of ways, it was like the perfect laboratory because I got to interact with people every single day in all kinds of different scenarios. And, uh, you know, through through some different circumstances, I uh, found myself homeless in New York City for a, a short period of time. And to be homeless anywhere is kind of like obviously not a fun thing. But in New York City, it's it's especially challenging. And I remember being in this alleyway and thinking to myself, "Okay, I got myself into this situation and I can get myself out of it. And I remember thinking about all these different ideas about how can I get myself out of this situation. And the, the biggest thing that came to me was that I understand how to get people from where they are in their life to where they want to be. And I, you know, I know that sounds kind of like an oxymoron because like here's a guy who's homeless and doesn't even really have his story together and he wants to help other people. But the truth was, even while I was homeless, my mindset and, and my happiness were intact. I wasn't depressed. I wasn't down on myself. I didn't beat myself up. I didn't have a lot of negative chatter going on. So even though the circumstance, the situation presented itself the way that it did, I was able to maintain a level of personal success through that time period. So I thought to myself, wow, what a great what a great thing that I could offer other people, this this service where I can help them kind of rise um, into a a bigger, better version of themselves. And so I made the decision that I was going to start doing this coaching. And I went to the library in New York City and I put an ad on Craigslist. And I wish that I could find that ad because... I would love to, to read what it said because I, I didn't know anything about copywriting or marketing or anything at this point. I just wrote this ad. And I remember I finished the ad and I posted it. And I think it, it must have been like later that day, I got a phone call from a guy who was interested in doing a consultation with me. Wow. And, yeah, it was, it was, it was funny because... I had some friends in the fashion industry, so I was able to kind of like dress up and look the part, right? I didn't like show up to this meeting looking like a total hobo. And we agreed to meet at, you know, one of the, a million Starbucks there. And we agreed to meet at one o'clock. And I remember I got there at least a half an hour early just so that I could be prepared because, I knew that self-sabotage was a very real thing, and I didn't know how much or if any of it was going on for me at that point, but I knew that I wasn't going to risk it. So I got there 30 minutes early, and I just waited. And sure enough, like a Swiss watch, 1 o'clock, this guy walks in the door, and I just knew it was him. Typical Wall Street-looking guy. And for a Starbucks on a Friday, it was kind of like surprisingly slow. So there weren't a whole lot of other people in the, in the cafe. And so he walks through the door and he kind of looks around and he finally looks at me and he kind of looks me up and down. Now you got to remember, Brian, I was 21 at this point and, you know, I have a little bit of a baby face. So I probably looked like I was, you know, in my late teens at that point. Yeah. Right. So this guy looks me up and down, and then he just kind of shakes his head and he starts to walk out the door. And I remember thinking to myself in a fraction of a second, here's my opportunity slipping away. What are you going to do? And this is maybe important for the people that are listening, because I find that there's no shortage of opportunities in the world, however... You have to be able to seize them. You have to be able to grab them when they show up because they may fall into your lap, but you have to do something with it. You have to be willing. You have to be bold enough to seize them. There's a difference. And so here's this guy walking out the door, and I'm thinking to myself, are you going to let this opportunity pass you by or are you going to do something? And this is all happening within like a fraction of a second. And so his name was John. I I shouted out to him. I said, John. And he turned around and he looked at me. And he looked me up and down. And he said, Shannon? And I said, yeah. And he goes, no way. You're just a kid. You're going to tell me about how to improve my life. And you can imagine like super skeptical Brooklyn, New York guy, right? And he says, no way. What's that?
1: You know, we're coming up against our break. We'd love to continue the story Uh, when we come back. This is Success Profiles Radio, and my special guest is Shannon Graham. We'll come right back. Don't go away.
3: Up until now, the solution to combat the effects of stress had been delivered through pharmaceutical companies. But now there's a natural way to solve this problem without the harmful side effects. The Healthy Primate Stress Support Supplement contains natural ingredients proven to reduce cortisol, also known as the stress hormone, which causes damage to our body. And unlike prescriptions, your satisfaction is guaranteed with a 100% money-back offer on all orders. In addition, a portion of all proceeds goes to PTSD research, and as a bonus, all purchases will include a free copy of the new ebook, The Survival Guide to Living with Stress. So get the Healthy Primate Stress Support Supplement today at www.screwstress.com. Click the Amazon logo, it'll take ready to go once again that is www.screwstress.com this is the tokenet radio network radio
0: with a cutting edge
3: do you have trouble falling asleep and staying asleep
0: Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright.
1: And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. And my very special guest this week is Shannon Graham. And he is a coach and a visionary. And before the break, he was talking to us about how he met his first client in New York City at a Starbucks. And this guy was just about ready to get away from him when Shannon developed that 20 seconds of insane courage and ran out the door after him. And Shannon, tell us what happened next.
2: Yeah, so I kind of ran after him. I said, hey, John. You know, and he, he looked at me, and he was completely skeptical. And I don't blame him. You know, I was 21 years old. I looked like I was probably 17. And he could tell I was was just young. And he looked at me and he said, this must be a scam. And he turned around and he started to walk out a second time. And so I said, okay, I got to put the hammer down. And I literally grabbed his arm and I turned him around. And I looked him straight in the eyes and I said, look. You agreed to come here and talk to me for one hour. Why don't you sit down? I'll buy you a coffee. And if you don't like what I have to say at the end of 30 minutes, then you can leave. And the worst thing that'll come out of it was that I bought you a coffee. Does that sound fair enough? And he looks at me, totally skeptical. He sits down and he crosses his arms and he says, I'll take a medium coffee that's black. And I literally spent the last dollars I had to my name buying this guy a coffee. Wow. And I thought to myself, okay, this is it. This is my shot. This is my shot. Don't, tr- like, this guy's already skeptical as it is. Don't try to sell this guy anything. Just give him as much value as possible. And so we just dove right into it. And I'm a very good, I'm very observant. <clears throat> so I was observing his body language. And as we're getting deeper into the conversation, I'm watching his body language open up and open up and open up until the point where he's leaning forward, totally engaged in the conversation. And we hit the 30 minute mark and I said, "Okay, John, you know, we've hit the 30 minute mark. You know, if you want to leave at this point and he cuts me off and he leans back and he grabs a napkin off the counter and he pulls a pen out of his pocket And he slaps the napkin down on the table and he says, Keep going, kid. I'm taking notes.
1: That's beautiful.
2: Wow. And so I thought to myself, wow, okay. I'm doing something right. Just keep doing exactly what you're doing. So I did. And we talked for another 30 minutes and we got to the end of the conversation. And he looks at me and he says, You know, kid, I can tell that this is going to be really powerful for me. He goes... How much? And you have to realize, like, I came up with this harebrained idea to like, quote unquote, coach people like that wasn't even a real career back in the day. That wasn't even like a thing. So I pretty much just made it up. And in all my like twilight scheming, I did not stop to think about how much I was going to charge for this imaginary service. Wow. So I had no idea. I had no idea how much I was going to charge for this. And, but I knew that I had just won his trust over and if I stalled or if I hesitated or if I hummed and hawed and was uncertain, that it was totally going to ruin everything. And I remember saying to myself, it doesn't matter what you say, just say anything, but say it with certainty. Yeah. Say it with confidence. And I took my hand, my right, I still to this day don't know why I did this, but I took my right hand and I held it out in front of me like a spear and I looked him straight in the eyes and I said, 100. And then I just sat there because that's all I had the courage to say. Wow. And, but I didn't qualify it. Like, what does that mean? 100 an hour, 100 a month, 100 a year. Like, I just said 100 because that's all I had the power to say. Right. And so he, he looks up, like he looks up into, up into his head like he's calculating, and he goes, well, you know, it's more than, it's more than what I thought it was going to be, but you know what? I think it's going to be worth it. Come with me. And he grabs my arm, and he picks me up out of the chair, and he pulls me outside to the ATM, and he pulls out $400. So apparently to him 100 meant meant $100 an hour, which back then right. – Like 13 years ago, getting paid $100 an hour, that was like, that's serious money. Right. He pulls out $400 and crams it all into my hand. He gives me this big hug and he says, all right, coach, I'll see you next week. And then lickety-split, before I even knew it, he was across the street, he was gone. Wow. And I remember, I still remember to this day, in that moment, everything changed because in my world in the coaching world the money you get paid is not is not based on the time that you spend it's it's not the value of the service is not relative to the time it's relative to the value the value is relative to the value and i know that sounds funny but really that's what people pay me for at the end of the day the value i produce for them not the time that i spend with them yeah and so my and perception that is- in that moment of time and money and how value exchanged, all completely transformed.
1: Yeah. And I love that you, you talked about providing value first instead of chasing the money first. I mean, you had every reason to, to be thinking about, I'm broke, where's my next meal going to come from? But it sounds like you were pretty grounded even for, for that age. I mean, you were just focused on helping this guy and just seeing and being open to where this was going to go. Totally. the frequency notion.
2: Right. Well, I'll tell you this too. In in all honesty, the the more he started to open up to me, the more I saw how rough his life really was. And as much as my situation was not great, his situation in some ways, even though he made a bunch of money on Wall Street, his situation in some ways was worse than mine. It was worse. And so I completely got out of my own shoes and I had just total empathy for the guy. And I'm like, man, I, I, I can feel this guy's pain for sure. And I want to help him get out of this pain. And so, yeah, my focus completely just went across the table. Yeah. And
1: isn't it interesting that when we are in our darkest moments, sometimes the best thing we can do is find someone else to help?
2: Yeah, big time.
1: Absolutely. Well, you know what? There's there's something else in here, another nugget in here that that I want to explore because really uh, you weren't just attracting a client, you were creating one. Explain the difference between the two for you and why it's important.
2: Sure. Um, So you're talking about the difference between attracting and creating. Yes. Yeah. The the primary difference, in my opinion, is – being assertive, I think attraction really has more to do with kind of like sitting back and hoping that things will come to you. Um, and creation really has more to do with, with assertiveness and, um, yeah, I, I I really think that's the biggest difference is that you are asserting your will and your focus and your time and your energy onto, Either a situation or a person to create a specific outcome rather than, you know, attraction these days really looks something like I'm going to create something like a book or a podcast or something. I'm going to create something and I'm going to put it out in the world and hopefully people will be attracted to it. Yeah. So it's kind of like the difference between, you know, fishing with bait on your line or actually getting in the water with a spear, right? It's just... Mm, Yeah, a little different
1: I like that that's really great you have to be very proactive if you're going to create something as opposed to sitting back and waiting for something to happen to you or for you that's such an interesting distinction I love that Let's, let's talk about your philosophy of coaching in particular because there's a lot of talk in the personal development and coaching world about generating dozens hundreds thousands of clients through whatever means necessary, whether it's a funnel, whether it's Facebook advertising, whether it's speaking or whatever the case is. But your focus is really the opposite of that. Tell us about your philosophy of coaching.
2: Yeah, well, I think it I think my philosophy is kind of very unique, especially in this day and age. Um, Okay, so so we have to look at a couple pieces of the puzzle in order to get the big picture. So first, we have to start with my fundamental belief that there are two types of people in the world. There are people who have a gift, and there are people who are a gift. Mm. And they are fundamentally different. People who have a gift are people who create things, and the world benefits by their creations. So for example, right now, we are talking to each other through the internet and you're in a completely different location than me, and we get to have this conversation in real time. And this conversation gets to be recorded, and all of the people that will eventually be listening to it get to benefit from it because of the Internet, right? What an amazing invention. So somebody invented the Internet, and the world benefits because of the invention. Someone invented the cell phone, and the world gets to benefit because of that invention. Somebody invented the automobile, And the world gets to benefit from that invention, right? So that's that's person that's type number one, which is people who have a gift. It is something they create and they give that gift to the world. And it doesn't have to be technology, it could be music, right? Like, where would we be without the Beatles music, or where would we be without, you know, 80s music or whatever? Um, So it could be art, right? Where would we be without. Monet or Dolly or some of these famous artists. Um, but the other type is, is very different. The other type is someone that, that in my world is the gift. Very different type of person. So, for example, Jesus was a gift. He didn't bring anything to the world. He didn't have an invention, but he changed the world. He goes down in history... As one of the people who changed the world the most. Mother Teresa. Right. She didn't invent anything. She didn't invent a new technology or a new soundtrack or a new piece of art. In fact, her message wasn't even anything mm-hmm. new. The world yeah. had heard her message before. So she, d- yeah. she wasn't even like pioneering a new message for the world to hear.
1: Okay, and we are coming up against our break. We will come right back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with
0: us. Don't go away. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio.
3: Did you know you can quickly grow your business online and offline for free? Smartguy.com is one of the fastest growing business networks in the world. Managing over 600 city business networks from Los Angeles, California to the country of Bahrain. In just a minute or two, you can add your business and be quickly listed in their global business directory, local business networks, and get a free web page that can actually rank on top of major search engines in as little as one to two weeks. No kidding. Simply go to www.smartguy.com. Fill out your company information and you're set. So add your business for free and find out why everyone loves the smart guy. Smartguy.com. Welcome
0: back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright.
1: And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Shannon Graham. And if you want to download and subscribe to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes for free, you certainly can do that. Just log on to your iTunes app and type in Success Profiles Radio and hit that subscribe button. You can leave a review if you'd like. I'd really appreciate that. You can also listen to any previous episode of the show at www.successprofilesradio.com. And Shannon, before the break, I was asking you about your philosophy of coaching. And you said that there are two types of people, people who bring the gift and people who are the gift. How does this relate to your philosophy of coaching?
2: Well, what it comes down to is that people who are a gift – the majority of the value that they bring to the world is themselves, right? Yeah. So like Vince Lombardi is one of, the, one of the greatest coaches of all time. And if, if you had asked the players on that team, if you said, okay, you guys have two choices. You can have Vince Lombardi show up in person and coach you every day, or you can have the Vince Lombardi online coaching program, which one do you think would have gotten better results
1: the in-person
2: experience for sure in-person experience for sure because when someone is the gift the majority of the value is not their knowledge it's them as the individual mm. and it's it's like tony robbins when you like you go to tony robbins it's it's probably nothing you've never heard before like think positive have a morning routine it's all great stuff but it's not he, again, he's not saying anything new, but man, you get in his atmosphere. If you've ever been around him, it's like it's transformative, right? So yeah. it's, so my philosophy is I would rather go a million inches deep with a small handful of people than an inch deep with a million people. Wow. Because I believe in a formula that I created about three years ago which is the highest probability of the deepest transformation? What that means is, if I am the gift and I am bringing myself to the world to add value to the world, then I owe it to the world to bring the most value. And and I think Brian, where people get confused is they think they think most means quantity, right? Help as many people as possible. Well, what happens when you do that is you dilute the gift. You dilute the value. So rather than helping, let's say, seven people a million inches deep, you help a million people an inch deep. In my opinion, those are not equal. It's not equal. It is not the same to me. It is far better, in my opinion, to serve a small group of people to a very deep degree, because I also believe in what I call top-down influence. If I can work with some of the biggest visionaries and some of the biggest world changers that are in the game today, if I can help those guys transcend and operate at a higher level, the trickle-down effect that they will have on the world is monumental compared to just helping kind of like the normal person just a little bit.
1: Yeah. You referenced Jesus earlier. He picked his 12. He didn't pick 12 million. He picked twelve.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I literally, I I love that you just said that because I literally said that to somebody just the other day. I said he needed help, but he didn't have a thousand people. He had 12. Why did he do that? Because those 12 could intimately be around him. They could intimately absorb that magic that he had and take it on for themselves. Right. So there's some genius there. There's something to be understood there. And that's why Buddha only had a small number of students at a time. And that's why Mother Teresa only hugged one person at a time, right? There's a trend. There's a trend. And I'm a good student. And I I follow these trends. And I'm willing to look outside of the coaching industry at the people who fall into the category of are a gift who have changed the world. And they fundamentally do things very similarly. And so that's how I've decided to do things.
1: That is absolutely amazing. I love that so much. The idea of helping just a very few people versus many, many, many people, and at a surface level, I think I would love to talk about some of the myths that uh, pervade uh, in, in the personal development industry. And I know that there are some things out there that you just rail against. And, and I think just this whole idea yeah. of trying to uh, on a shallow, uh, surfacey level, try to help many, 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 many people. Is not nearly as good as diving deep with a lot of people. What are some other uh, myths in this industry that you would like to just jackstop and shatter into nothingness?
2: Um, gosh, <laughs> you know i I think I think the biggest one really is that if you want to make a big impact in the world, you yourself have to be someone. the The amount of value, let's put it like this. The amount of value that you can bring to the world is in direct proportion to the amount of value that you have.
0: Mm.
2: Right? So it's one thing to want to change the world. That's a good, that's a desire, that's an intention. But I think most people confuse intention with talent. Right? In my opinion, it's not enough to just have the intention to want to do good. You actually got to have the talent. Right. It's not enough for me to say I want to be a gold medal winning Olympic athlete. That could be my intention. And that's a great intention. There's no judgment there. I think that's excellent. But there's a complete difference between having the intention and having the talent to be able to show up on game day to the Olympics and beat everybody and stand on the top of the podium with a gold medal around my neck. That takes talent. Yeah. So Absolutely. what I find Absolutely. is that... What I find is is the self-improvement and the coaching industry is a two-bar system. It's a very low bar to entry. Anybody can say they're a coach these days, which in some ways is a good thing and in many ways is not such a great thing because they have a good intention. They want to help. They want to change the world. But the amount of actual value that they have to bring to the world very often is not that deep. And so uh, they struggle because of that. And... That's why the second bar is very high. It's a low bar to entry and a high bar to success. And so yeah. what, I, what I find is the people who have taken the most time, as Jim Rohn says, I know you know this one, that which you practice in private, you will be rewarded for in public. right? Because yeah. on game day at the Olympics, all of your years and years and years of training behind the scenes that you don't tell anybody about, comes out on that one day, right? And everyone looks at you and they're like, "Wow, he's so graceful. He makes it look so easy." But they don't see the years of training and blood and sweat and tears. Those are the champions. Those are the people that really operate at the highest level. And that's not that's a metaphor. That's not in sports. That's in that's in right. music, that's in acting, that's in business, that's in personal, that's in everything. So my biggest suggestion to beat this myth is Couple your intention to change the world with a desire to change yourself because the more you transform, the more you have to bring to other people.
1: That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And I want to ask, you know, along those lines, if someone is looking to get started as a coach, uh, you know, they they know that they have a skill set. They know that they love people, they want to help people, but they're not really sure how to get started. Uh, This whole idea that you just said about, you know, be the change – Uh, how do you, what would you suggest to someone who's beginning as a coach and how do you go from basically beginner to world-class?
2: Well, you know, I think it, I think it boils down to a couple things. Um, I think a lot of coaches want to be all things to all people, which is a challenge, right? Most Olympic athletes, I use Olympics, I use Olympics and I use athletics as an example because it's one that everybody understands and I have an athletic background, so it's just applicable. Um, yeah. But every Olympic athlete, for the most part, has one area of expertise, right? Like Michael Phelps is an expert at what? Swimming. Swimming. He's not an expert at swimming and golf and fencing and gymnastics, right? He doesn't right. try to be all things to all people. He knows he is the best swimmer in the world, period. That's all he tries to be. That's all he wants to be. But most coaches, they're like, oh, I want to, you know, because I want to change the world, I don't want to exclude anybody. I, I want to help anybody or everybody. And that's the danger. That's like saying, I want to yeah. be an Olympian that's good at everything. It's like, you just can't. You can't. So I think I think being a specialist is important. You know, people who are world class are typically typically specialists. They are the best in their class at one thing. And so... My encouragement would be to reverse engineer that and say, okay, based on your experience and based on your gifts, what is it that you really have to bring to the world and how clearly and powerfully can you define that? And who can benefit most from it? Right. Once you can once you can understand those two questions, what is my gift and who can benefit the most from it? That's that specialist part. Then you're really off to a great start. That's
1: fantastic. I, I really like that. Let's, let's turn the town just a little bit because uh, a lot of people, whether it's based of you know not feeling worthy enough or not feeling confident enough, they don't always charge as much for their services as they probably should or could. Uh, talk about that. I mean, I'm sure you run into that a lot when, you're, when, you, when you've encountered people that, that need a coach or are a coach. How is it that we overcome the fear of not charging enough?
2: Well, I think it really boils down to two things. The first is, is a self-belief. It's, it's a self, uh, it's a confidence, really. It's a worthiness. Most people who don't charge enough honestly don't believe that they're worth it, right? Because whatever you currently charge is what you believe you're worth. Right. That's the bottom line. Right. If you if you go to a job, if you have a nine to five and you get paid a certain amount per hour, well, whatever you get paid per hour is essentially what you agreed that you're worth. Right. If someone said, well, we're going to pay you five dollars an hour, most people wouldn't settle for that because they believe they're worth more than that. But interestingly, if you said, hey, we're going to pay you a thousand dollars an hour, most people would go, Woo, you know, that's probably over my head. That's above my pay grade. Right. Like. So it comes down to worthiness. A lot of it comes down to what you believe you're worth, but it also comes down to what you actually have the ability to deliver on, right? It's one thing to believe that you're worth $1,000 an hour. It's another thing to actually have the value to bring to the table that's worth a minimum of $1,000 an hour, because I believe whatever you charge, you should be able to produce you know, a a multiplied uh, amount of value for whatever you charge. So that's, that's part one is that people don't believe in themselves. Part two is people don't believe that there are other people out there who will pay it. Right? Like if I raise my fees, Shannon, if I charge, you know, $500 an hour, there's no one that'll pay that.
1: And we're coming up against our final break. We will come right back. This is success profiles radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away down the stretch. We come right after the break.
2: The cutting Edge. It's
3: never Gifts may gladden girls, but they seem to burden guys. That's what a recent study by Live Science says. Women respond with happy gratitude when they receive a present. But when a man unwraps a gift, he immediately feels a sense of obligation to the giver. Even those women who really don't like getting presents are pretty good at faking a smile. What do you call a person who fakes a smile? An ex According to psychologists, men tend to keep mental notes of what they got from whom and check it against their own generosity. Women, on the other hand, take gift giving much less seriously. I guess ever since Eve gave Adam the apple, there's been trouble between sexes about gifts. Have you ever unwrapped a G-Food Jet? That's another name for any gift you'd just rather put in the garbage.
2: It's Margie.
3: Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words.
0: Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have, and this show will clearly demonstrate the principles. If I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio, and here again is your host, Brian K. Wright.
1: We are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Shannon Graham. And before the break, I asked him, why do people have a fear of charging what they should for their coaching services? And the first thing you said, Shannon, was people maybe don't believe that they are able to or are capable of it. And the other thing you said is that there might be some doubts as to whether someone's actually willing to pay what you might want to ask for. Go ahead and continue that because I think that's really fascinating.
2: Yeah, well, you know, I I really believe that the bottom line is that it's either I I think this is I think this is symbolic of really life, which is people either don't believe in themselves or they don't believe that something is possible. So, if people yeah. aren't charging really what they could be, it's either it's either because they don't believe in themselves, they don't believe they're worth it, or they just don't have the belief system that supports that other people will pay it. And so You know, if people are interested in raising their fees, typically that's where I start, is I look at, hey, do you believe you're worth it, and do you believe it's possible? And if the answer is no for either of those questions, then it's a challenge. And once the answer becomes yes to both of those, yes, I believe I'm worth it, yes, I believe it's possible, then it's a game changer.
1: Absolutely. I love that. And I want to ask what that journey was like for you, because uh, you've mentioned to me privately, and I've heard you on interviews with other people, You have a coaching program where you now charge $150,000 a year. To some people, that might sound mind-blowing and, oh, my God, I can't do that. But was that ever a doubt with you, or did you boldly proclaim that? What was that process like for you to arrive at that moment?
2: Well, you know, I wanted – I believe what you charge is indicative of a multiplied amount of value that you can provide. Because I'm not I'm not into one for one, right? Like I have one dollar worth of value, so you pay me a dollar for it. I'm not into that. I'm like, you pay me a hundred dollars and I'll give you a thousand dollars worth of value, or ten thousand, or a million, or what have right. you. So I said I, I came to the point one day where I said, you know what? The amount of value that I can truly bring to the world to my clients, if I really unleash myself if I'm really bold enough to bring the best of me to the table, that's worth a lot of money. And I believe that I could charge a, a level that would be uh, congruent with that. So it, so it really, yeah. in a lot of ways, Brian, it was a bold declaration.
1: Yeah. And people are paying it. Did that's that right. surprise you?
2: No. Um, it, it didn't only because... Um, you know, people like Tony charge a million dollars for his clients. So, you know, if people pay Tony a million, they can pay me 150. That's um, great. and I also know that the the market will bear like anything that, that you're willing to be bold enough to offer. There are cars, there are automobiles that cost over a million dollars. So it's kind of like, if you're bold enough to ask for it, there's someone out there who will pay it and especially if you can bring the value at that level, I think really it's a no-brainer. you just got to be brave enough to go for it.
1: Absolutely, and that program is is your legacy program, right? That's correct. Awesome. Tell us a little bit about that if you'd like to.
2: Well, you know, the legacy program is unique because I, 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 I created what I call the thoroughbred method, which is, again, I would rather work with a very small handful of visionary leaders on helping them do the impossible so that they can change the world. And so I'm, I'm really not looking to build a big coaching business as kind of counterintuitive as that sounds. I'm really only looking for a small number of people that I have total certainty that can change the world. Because if I can work with these, these visionaries, these world changers, and I can coach them up to a level where they do the impossible and whatever they pull off whatever impossible feat they accomplish is some major needle moving world transforming thing then i've really done some good in the world and um yeah so that's that's my focus the legacy program is is a very intensive uh one-on-one coaching program essentially
1: yeah absolutely um what's uh who, who are some of your most influential mentors?
2: Uh, you know, I, I mentioned Jesus in the beginning. And, you know, Brian, to be honest, I, I'm not even, I wouldn't even necessarily call myself a religious guy. I, I certainly believe in powers beyond myself, but I, I, Jesus is one of my biggest inspirations because of what he was able to do in the world purely based on just being a gift. Uh, like I said, he didn't invent anything world-changing. He didn't create anything all that crazy. I mean, he turned some water into wine. I guess that's pretty cool. But what he exemplified was legendary. You know, here yeah. here is this person who can walk on water and turn water into wine, and yet he's willing to hang out and spend his time with the beggars and the thieves and the prostitutes, right? Like... It takes, a, it takes a level of compassion that is like legendary status to be able to see everyone is equal and love everybody equally, regardless of their choices and their behavior. And for me, that's a huge lesson. There's a lot for me to learn from that. So Jesus is definitely a big inspiration for me. Um, Tony Robbins is a big inspiration for me. Um, and you know what, Brian? My clients are a huge inspiration for me because they come to me with questions that no one knows the answer to. They come to me with these impossible questions that have never even been asked before. And they come to me with the anticipation that together we will not only figure out the answers, but we will fulfill them. And that is inspiring.
1: That is inspiring, and I usually ask toward the end of the show, who inspires and motivates you, and you basically answered that question, so I appreciate that very, very much. Let me ask you about the importance of creating time freedom and how that's changed your life, because really, when people talk about when to make a lot of money, it's not really just about the money, it's about the freedom and, and the time that that opens up and how that is the life-changing element. Am I, am I right about that?
2: Oh, you're spot on. I mean, we all know people who made tons of money and are unhappy. And the more we study it, the more we find there's actually a very small correlation between money and happiness. But there's a huge correlation between freedom and happiness. And so not only should your business, no matter what you do, create the highest probability of the deepest impact or the deepest value, but it should also create a lifestyle where you feel completely free. Because not only will that be great for you, but it'll give you the time and space to innovate and grow and expand rather than getting stuck on the treadmill of just doing the same old stuff. And, yeah, you make a bunch of money, but nothing ever really changes and you don't feel free. That's, that's profound. I, I think
1: that's really great because uh, once you have time freedom, uh, your world just opens up. And you can do so much more good in the world. You can help others. You can enjoy life more and, and be a, have a greater impact, uh, what good does it do to, you know, try and change the world when you have really nothing to work with? Isn't it just right. a whole lot better to create value in the world so that others can be magnetized to that?
2: Yeah, completely true.
1: Absolutely. What are some big goals going forward for you, Shannon?
2: You know, um, <laughs> one of them is I'm I'm already contemplating what it would look like to charge a million dollars per client. Yeah, so that's, that's one of them. Um, I think over the next maybe year or so, I want to write my next book. That's, that's another one. Yep. Um, yeah, and just continue to work with, with awesome people. Those are really, I mean, that, 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 working with the people I'm working with now continues to be my primary driver, my primary source of inspiration I've got some big goals. I've got some big things I want to do in the world, but the 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 pin, the small hinge that swings the big door that really puts it all together is working with those visionaries.
1: Awesome. What's the scariest thing you've ever done?
2: Oh gosh, um, scariest thing I ever did. Well, I, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can say right off the top of my head, but I was in Mongolia at one point, and I wrestled a Mongol. Oh my! And I was maybe 18 years old, and I weighed probably 120 pounds soaking wet. And this guy, oh, this guy cool. was twice twice my size, and he was the local wrestling champion. Wow! So that was scary. That was scary for sure.
1: So what happened?
2: Um, well, he didn't know that I had studied martial arts, and so I. Oh. <laughs> we the way that they do it in Mongolia is you wrestle three times in the best out of like the best out of three wins, so if you know whoever wins two out of three wins, so the first match he just didn't know what to expect and i and I kind of was able to manipulate his weight, and I put him on the ground, and he was like equally as surprised as he was pissed off, and needless to say, he won the next two rounds
1: Ah. But you, you got your surprise in, so good. That's probably a great yeah. lesson for him, too. That's awesome. Was, We've got that's one right. two that's minutes right. until the end, Shannon. If you could talk to the 18-year-old version of yourself, what would you say?
2: Uh, I'd say keep it up, man. You're doing great.
1: I love that. A word of encouragement. That's great. Usually when I ask a question like that, people will offer some kind of you know life-changing advice. But, I mean, I just love that you're just encouraging your 18-year-old self to just Stay the path, because you know how it turns out. That's really fantastic. Yeah. How can yeah. we find you and, and get a hold of you and be a part of your tribe if we want to?
2: Um, you know, the best way is just on Facebook, just on my my personal page on Facebook, Shannon Graham.
1: Fantastic. That's awesome. And yeah. you do have a website, too.
2: Yeah, I have a website, shannongraham.com.
1: That's easy. How, how, how much better does it get than that? It's It's awesome. That's great. Well, Shannon, we're counting down to the end of the show. It was an awesome privilege to have you on again, my friend. Let's do this again someday soon, all right?
2: I would love to, Brian. Thank you.
1: Awesome. This has been Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week was Shannon Graham, and you can find him at ShannonGraham.com. You can find him on Facebook. You can also find Success Profiles Radio on iTunes. You can download and subscribe for free. Also have a page on Facebook, Success Profiles Radio. You can also go to SuccessProfilesRadio.com to listen to any previous episode. It was Really fun having Shannon here today. It was really an honor and privilege to have you here to listen today. And come back next Monday where I interview more world-class experts about what they do, what they've learned, what they've overcome, and the lessons that we can get from that. And I look forward to having you back here next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern. Please have a great week, and thank you so much for joining us. This has been a real privilege. Thank you so much. Have a great week, everyone.